0: Hello and welcome to A Tale of Three Scarves, the football podcast which will tell you where soap stars live. I'm Dan. I'm Jimmy. (laughs) And I'm Jimmy. And we'll go straight into the action from last weekend and we've all watched football haven't we this weekend lads? All of us. Yes um, apart from me who still doesn't have a football club. And me whose football club has a terrible pitch so it's postponed. (laughs) Right, so I will, I will tell you about the match I watched this weekend, which was Akronton Stanley versus Lincoln City in torrential rain and very blustery winds. And you'd think, that's not going to be a great game. Well, you'd be wrong. It, uh, well, <laughs> well, it's an it awful bit of debate. What, what, right, before we reveal the scoreline to it, do you what did you think was going to happen in that match? I thought that was going to be a very, very boring, like, drab, nil-nil draw, I think. As did I after the first 20 minutes or so
1: you never know, like in terms of like windiness and when it's the the pitch is slippy, it often
0: leads to quite a few. Makes goals. it a bit exciting. Yeah. And what's that that FIFA commentary line? Oh I don't know. Oh, there's so many. <laughs> About it's like, oh the few frills and spills where it's a wet pitch or something. I don't know. But anyway, the action really kicked off in the thirtieth minute. Lincoln taking the lead. After a very it was very bad defending from a corner, one of their players managed to swivel and turn, put it under the goalkeeper. One nil. And we equalised through I can't remember who oh I can remember who it was Jason Shackle who plays for Lincoln and he scored an on goal so it was 1-1 at time. Lincoln went 2-1 up we then went equalized made it 2-2 through an absolute screamer from Joe Pritchard and you've seen a Joe Pritchard screamer at first hand haven't you Jimmy oh
1: yeah he scored a pretty good goal at uh, the Crown Hall Arena not so long ago yeah I was happy to applaud it because we were just far and away the better team that day. So, you know, good goal,
0: fair enough. Far and away the better team. You did win. We did. You didn't deserve to. Oh, no, we didn't. Yeah, but yeah, so that made it 2-2. Not long after that, about six minutes. 76 minute, Jason Shackle made up for his own goal in the first half, made it 3-2 to Lincoln. And I was just thinking, how many times are we going to have to score to get anything out of this match? We scored two minutes after that a goal to put Lincoln in front. 78th minute was 3-3. Got to 90 minutes, somehow the referee found 10 minutes of added time and we scored in the fifth of them to make it 4-3, Sam Finlay with a brilliant finish and that is how the game ended and that is probably my highlight of the season so far, it was incredible.
1: You know, fair play to the referee for allowing 10 minutes added on when it was obviously not the, the most pleasant conditions out there, it must have been quite cold and wet but he thought, you know what, there's 10 minutes added on. We're going to play all of them and you benefited from that
0: i couldn't believe we won that match we deserved to we really did deserve to win the match we made so many chances without scoring we missed two sitters as well lincoln missed one well very very happy with the result and i'm still on a high from it
1: i'm not surprised it's another good three points for you and uh you know you're sort of pushing yourself way uh out of the relegation mix up and you know you never know now if you uh start picking up some more uh, points and maybe even a late playoff charge.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, do you think we're safe now?
1: Oh, definitely, yes. Yeah,
0: I mean if you look at the, the Boston League 1 um, I don't think, if you get involved in that then you've got some serious, serious problems Well, Tramia need to win five games to even catch up with us Yeah. And, um, Tramia have won five out of their opening 30 and South Ender as good as down Bolsa have nearly caught them <laughs> 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 That's just incredible But yeah, so that was the match I watched this weekend well, we'll move on to our game of the week. What is it, Jimmy? Uh, it was a, a midweek game, I believe, or maybe
1: it was a, a Friday night game, actually. I'm, I'm it not was the sure. Friday, yeah. Friday night game. Uh, Hull versus Swansea. Not one that sort of catches the eye immediately. Uh, no disrespect to those two teams. But it finished 4-4. Um, I think Swansea took the lead quite late on to make it 4-3, and then Hull uh, got a late, late equaliser And what was a, a really good game, a really good uh, game live on Sky
0: Sports, I think it was on, on the Friday night. So. I have to say, I did watch it on Sky, and none of the goals were particularly high quality. It was the defending which was particularly awful. All the goals were the result of just comical defending, and the fact that Swansea threw it away right at the end it just summed the whole match up. Tom Eaves, who what was Tom Eaves, used, yeah, to used to play for Gillingham. Play for Gillingham, mm. he's doing all right for himself. I'd, yeah, I never expected to see him at that level, even scoring. So. Yeah. Didn't Marcus Madison score as well? Malik Malik Wilkes also scored who used to play for us on loan. Did he? Yeah. See, from Aston Stanley comes great things. Well, sometimes. Well, that was our game of the week. Should we move on to our player of the
1: same week? Yeah, we can do. Um, I think this week it came uh, for Hyung min Son, a man who plays for Tottenham Hotspur, of course. I have heard of him. Uh, The South Korean winger. Uh, now he's not actually been in the best form of late. He has been scoring goals, but his performances haven't been the best. But did
0: he not get kicked off, uh, sent off, even sorry for kicking Rudiger?
1: He did. That was well. That was about a month and a half ago. So we'll we'll let him off that. But you know, Spurs are in a bit of a mess at the moment. So they they picked up a really important three points in the in the top four uh, race uh, against Aston Villa. And what was most impressive for me is the fact that Heung-Min Son scored two goals. One of them was in the last minute, but he played pretty much the entire game with a fractured arm. He was uh tackled quite early on, looks to have injured himself but kept playing even after half time. Well no doubt he was sort of monitored for that for that injury, but he kept on. He stayed on until the last minute, scored a, a really important goal for them. And subsequently I think he's been ruled out for quite a long time. I think Jose Mourinho was saying that he could even be out until the end of the season. So it was, Really uh, impressive to see the fact that he was still able to contribute two goals in that game.
0: Jose's reactions to his injuries, though, have just been incredible this week, haven't they? I think the concern for Jose and the concern for Spurs will be that it's the same arm that curtailed his season in 2017. So if it does end up being a recurring fracture, a recurring issue, it could be far, far more serious than um, the club doctors originally thought. Well, yeah, exactly. The injury problems aren't brilliant at Tottenham. No. And that is just the cherry on the top at the minute. And what, what do we think that that comes down to then? Because... I think it is just luck. Just I, luck. Don't, I don't buy into too much of like, oh, they've got so many injuries, it must be a problem with the medical staff. Sometimes injuries just happen. Well, especially at the highest levels of the game. I think you could maybe... I know uh, at um we changed medical staff and, the, and, the, and, tra- and mainly training regime, actually, and... The number of injuries that we received as a consequence went fairly significantly down. I remember at Stanley we had one season where we had about seven or eight different goalkeepers in a season because they kept just getting injured. Yeah, it was so, incredible. But I don't think it. I don't think it is much. You, to would, do. you would think at that the highest echelons of the game that that wouldn't be an issue. And um, yeah, obviously it will be with some teams. Sometimes teams will give more money to other departments of trying to get ahead of other teams, but. Without knowing the ins and outs of it, we can't really comment on it.
1: I think with with Spurs, though, the, the problem is that Harry Kane is pretty much their only senior striker at the club, and they were so reliant upon him in the Christmas period. He played pretty much every game, 90 minutes every game, and then he got himself injured, hamstring tear, on the first day of January, and they had the whole month of January to bring in a, another striker. Bring, and they, Fe-
0: bring Fernando Llorente back.
1: They could have even done that on loan. But why aren't they playing Troy Parrott? Because apparently he's too young, but he's you know he's eighteen now. Well, Mourinho now.
0: isn't known for playing younger players, but surely he's desperate. He has to play him. How how is that going to affect Parrot's confidence? When you're desperate, your team doesn't even have a recognised striker, and he's still not getting a game. Yeah, yeah. He, he, and we've seen, as much as United have had a difficult couple of seasons, one of the good things, I think, for United fans has been seeing young players come through and prove that they they can do it. That's because the rest of them have been awful. Well, exactly. Well, doesn't that kind of make the point in that if you, for a lot of young players who are good enough to play in the Premier League, if you give them the opportunity and if um, Jose gave him the opportunity, I'm sure he'd shine. I don't think it's as uncommon as it was um, back in, you know, Battle with the young teams of the 90s where you know you'll win nothing with kids I think was the if it, if Jose was still in George United we wouldn't have seen the emergence of Mason Greenwood this no, season he's not. been incredible he needs to keep playing regularly and yeah. under Solskjaer he may well do yeah well, well we'll see how long Solskjaer lasts shall we well the the fact is with, with Parrot though is that um, there were several championship
1: teams interested in taking him on loan I think Charlton and perhaps QPR were, were the main uh, contenders to sign him in January this is a lad who is you know, he's obviously still young, but he's been capped uh, professionally. He's got a senior cap for Republic of Ireland, uh, but he's still not, you know, made a, a single start in the Premier League uh, for Spurs. So I don't understand why they didn't uh, loan him out in January if Mourinho had no plans to play him at all.
0: Well, I'm guessing Tottenham aren't your team of the week. So who have we got?
1: Uh, this week, I think we've gone for Barnsley. Um, they picked up a, a really impressive 3-0 win at Fulham. They were sort of playoff promotion contenders. Barnsley having troubles at the bottom of the league. But they were they were really good and they, they picked up a, a 3-0 win. I think Corley Woodrow against his old team scoring twice, so he uh, obviously had something to prove. And it's a, a sort of result that might even turn the season around. I think if, if you're a Barnsley fan and you, you go to Fulham and you win 3-0 in that sort of performance, then you're thinking, you know, why can't we stay up this season?
0: That result in particular annoyed me from this weekend due to the fact we all put our predictions on Twitter again, we were all wrong again, Yep. and the day before I'd said, I really can see Barnesley getting something against Fulham, and then didn't go for that in my prediction. Didn't tweet it, didn't happen? Oh, brilliant. Well, yeah, I mean, especially with Fulham doing so well at the moment, and a lot of people are tipping them to maybe pip like leads to the post and go up. Um, to go away from home and go 3-0 up yeah they had a penalty but do, do we think Barnsley though is this the start of a great escape because they're still quite adrift I think they're still struggling uh, with the young squad that they have do you think they have enough in them to stay up no I think it's a case of too little too late um, I still think they'll be struggling to escape the drop this season uh, the lower half of the championship is an awful lot of quality there and I think they're just too far behind to catch up I'm not sure there is an awful lot of quality in the bottom half of the championship. You look at the bottom of it and you see, I think, teams that have struggled to come back up from League One next season. Well, I think it's as you know, more and more money goes into the game, I think the, the gap between some of these teams does start to change. I mean, you look at Sunderland, for example, and what Sunderland fans and the Sunderland board have very quickly realise is you can throw an awful lot of money at a problem, but you need to adapt to the style of play quick note on that I cannot wait for the next series of that documentary what, Sunderland Until I Die Sunderland Until I Die on Netflix the first series was it sort of started off so optimistically they thought they were going straight back up to the Premier League and then episode by episode you see slowly the loss of the will to live you see I when I watched it at first I didn't I, it was obviously very very interesting especially for a couple of the size of Sunderland but having rewatched watched it more recently um, I I kind of feel for them I remember this very distinctly in the first couple of episodes. there Let's get this straight. I feel feel sorry for the fans. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Not the club. Yeah, because you watch it, and there's one scene that sticks in my memory even now, and that is um, a cabbie uh, talking about how Sunderland is the... You know, Sunderland Football Club is the life and the heartbeat of the town, and that's something that I uh, emphasise with an awful lot at the moment. So... You do hope for the for the good of Sunderland, for the good of that city, because it's a huge city for a League One team that they find the mojo again and hopefully the players, you know, pick themselves up and start doing something proper. The same cabbie sticks in my mind just because the amount of sheer optimism in the first episode he had in a pre-season friendly when they were playing Celtic. Celtic. He was like, they... you know what? I think this will be an easy win for us. Lost was it 5 or 6 five, nil, six nil six for Celtic, yeah. Yeah. Six, yeah. yeah. And then you just saw it going downhill
1: from there. I feel really bad at it remember in the documentary i feel really bad for i think it was johnny williams yeah yes, he yes. was just a player that has really struggled with injuries i think over the past few years and he he seemed quite lonely i think he re- mentions that he wants to get a dog in the documentary and that i just i felt really bad for him and then it was the complete polar opposite with do you just want a dog is that I, what this I, is I, about i do want a dog so bad but i feel really bad for um no i don't feel really bad for him i i dislike jack rodwell for just everything that he does in that Just everything that he
0: stands for. <laughs> yeah, it's just like... I think what we have to remember, though, is that it's a documentary made to entertain people, so it might not be the truest portrayal of some players. I think even if you had the inside story on Jack Rodwell's coming and goings, even if he didn't have that, I mean, it's still the actions of a complete and utter Well, But following asshole. that, they, they sort of cancelled his contract, didn't they, by mutual consent? Yes. Didn't he nearly move to Roma last year? Yeah, I think he had a trial Who is, he, who is yeah. his <laughs> agent... And can we get him? Why do we want his agent? <laughs> because if you can get Jack Rod- Rodwell to Roma, then my god, you must be good at your job. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, he got to
1: Sheffield United in the summer, and they're a Premier League club. And despite the fact that he was, he's still not playing though. Yeah, is he? he's still not playing, and I don't think he ever will. But the fact that he's managed to get uh, to a club that, are like Sheffield United, who seem like they're very well run and you know sensible in their transfer dealings, to bring in Jack Rodwell on a free transfer after he's failed at Blackburn. And Sunderland in recent years is strange. Like, I
0: somehow doubt he's agent's Mino Raiola, though. Is it? It <laughs> might be. You never know. Might be one of his secret clients.
1: Can't wait until he tweets. Here we go, Jack Rodwell to Barcelona <laughs> in the <laughs> summer transfer window.
0: Just gets Jack Rodwell and Paul Pogba in a room. What a midfield partnership that is! What, completely conspicuously absent. Yeah, basically, one of them wasn't. One of them doesn't turn up on the pitch, and one of them doesn't turn up at all. Well, Pogba may be coming back soon. Yeah, you never know. We'll see. We'll see. But that's the end to our roundup of the week, games-wise. And what are our other things we've picked up over the week of football? I mean, we have to talk about the FFP stuff with Manchester City, don't we? Oh, we do, because it's quite funny. I wouldn't necessarily say funny. It is funny. <sighs> you see, I'm, I'm conflicted on this. I think both you, two, you two, I think have a far more positive view on this than I do. What, the posit- The thing is, <laughs> it is funny because it's not going to withstand. Oh, They're going yeah. to appeal it and it's going to get overturned, but it's just the fact that the UEFA have felt the need to make this decision. Yeah, so, I mean, do I think they did it? Yes. Like, it seems fairly obvious Allegedly. to me. Okay, if UEFA found them guilty, I think that that is... My personal opinion, City please don't sue, is that Manchester City did do what they were charged of. I mean... But do you think the punishment fits the crime? So, do I think the the punishment fits the crime? Yes. What, even the fine as well? Yes. As well as the ban? Yeah. But I do not think the punishment is just in context of other decisions made by UEFA. I think the punishment fits the crime, but I don't think it fits in the context of other decisions that UEFA have made. So if they would have done the same to PSG, for example, then I think there'd be a lot of the footballing world turning around and going, you know what? yeah fair play they're taking a strong line against financial doping in football. And they should be you know encouraged for that it is it is like they're picking and choosing their fights. they're not consistently targeting financial fair play across the board. yeah, I mean, I think any football club, any one of the big football clubs could probably be found guilty under. FFP regulation isn't isn't it something to do with uh, the signing of Wilfred boney which it I is. find hilarious. Yeah, the fact that that it's it's boney and one one of the other flops who they signed at a very very similar time, who could lead Jack to Rodwell. <laughs> <laughs> someone someone be. going before could be Jack Rodwell. Yeah, he just ruins everything. Just ruins everything. But I think the thing that has really pissed me off about this saga is the media reaction and the media circus about how Manchester City is a dead club and how, oh, we, they've just killed City with this UEFA thing. Take it from me, they haven't. Like, the amount of, if you were dedicated, even a tenth of the column inches or the reporting that has gone into covering this UEFA decision on clubs like Macclesfield, like Oldham, like Bury, who have genuinely struggled. You could name so many more yeah, as well. Yeah, absolutely. Those are just the ones that are 20-minute drive from my house. If you would actually dedicate that level of forensic reporting and investigating into these clubs that matter so much to their communities that the national press tends to, if they're in difficulty, will come along and, you know, set up a tent outside, watch them go bust, and then continue on with the next one. If you look at how football is actually funded in this country and actually paid attention to that, then I think we'll be in a very, very different position. I know it's it's not going to happen because it can't. Of course it's not. But imagine if UEFA suddenly went, you know, this money we've taken off Manchester City will give to the lower league clubs in England and that will set them going yeah, for a long time. £30 million, that is... is thirty clubs. more If you go from League 2 up to League 1, yeah, that's annual turnover that's annual for, for 30, clubs, 30 clubs, clubs, more or less. Yeah, and it's a drop in the ocean for City. It, it genuinely is, and I do I want them to appeal it because I don't think they're being treated fairly in comparison to other... Champions I want them to clubs. appeal it just because I love the drama. <laughs> <You> <laughs> I'll be, be honest. Talk about. Yeah, I love exactly. it, Mick. I love the drama. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we, we, we're going to have so many more podcasts talking about this, so probably not in as much detail. Yeah. but So now we'll go from leaks damaging a football club's reputation to uh, leaks damaging a football club's future. Um, I'm quite proud of that segue. I'm by the way. loving that segue. So, I couldn't even say Segway because I was so in awe of what you just said. So, Tadcaster Albion um, have been affected by recent storms that have been buffeting uh, the United Kingdom. And the pitch was under 1.6 metres of flood water. I'm sorry, how? 1.6 metres. How? It was very, very rainy. Very well done. Well done meteorological expert, yeah. Jamie Hoyle. All the carpets in the floor in the clubhouse was damaged. Um, the maintenance equipment was destroyed. They're in the middle of building a new facility for officials in order to get up to grade for potential promotions. That's now been ruined. So which division are they in Tag uh, So they're in the Northern Premier League, I believe. Not um, that, s- that the seventh? Yeah, so we're in the same division as Realms Boston United. They were my- and Hyde, I believe Hyde are in there. They were up in the conference not too long don't ago. F- I think they may be in the one above. I don't think they're in the Northern no, Premier No, I think they got relegated. I've got a table in front of me. Well, they might not be there. (laughs) I will sway to your meta-judgment on that one, I'll be honest. But, you know, they're doing doing all right in the league. Um, A lot of the works that they were doing on this ground that have now been undone by this flood were to get their ground up to grade, to allow them to progress and hopefully compete in higher leagues. And I think it's really, really sad. Um, Well, in the past, they've had to spend a lot of money, haven't they, on flooding issues with the pitch and the club? Yeah, so I think the last round of Ford's a couple of years ago, they end up having to spend quite a lot of money refurbishing the ground and making sure the pitch does to scratch. And the. Yeah, but- I was going to say now, it, it, I saw it on Twitter, and yeah. now they just need money to survive because they spent so much money on redoing their ground yeah. all these times. Yeah. And it just keeps happening. And at lower league level, uh, how much do they need? They need forty two thousand pounds. And that pounds. is so much money in the seventh division to keep regularly forking out. Yeah. It's just not doable. So yeah, they need forty two thousand pounds to complete the works in total. Um, I think they are crowdfunding twelve thousand of that. I think the rest are trying to get from reserves and from the council. But if you put that into the consideration of like the last conversation, the last conversation we're having, forty two thousand pounds is like 714 times over for the uh, Premier League final. it really annoys me when I see things like that because clubs go bust over sums like this yeah. which is less than half of like a top Premier League team's players wages yeah so a 42 grand is probably what a 6th for the week it's probably a day's a day's wage in the Premier League from the top players in the Premier League why can't someone step up and just do it wouldn't be that hard for a top player or a top team to go, you know what, we're gonna protect the game at a lower level. Why don't they? I sort of dislike that argument,
1: to be honest, because if <laughs> it's impossible to say because if I no, was a professional a- footballer and I was earning all sorts of silly money, yes, of course it's easy to say, why don't you just give it away? But if say, I don't know, Raheem Sterling suddenly gave forty two thousand to Tadcaster Albion, surely loads of other non league clubs would immediately be like Well, why can't you give us some money as well? I see
0: your point, but in emergency situations, which this clearly is, why aren't they doing it? So I actually, and this may be a surprise, I agree with Jimmy. It is a surprise, but go Um, on, I'm very interested in hearing your reasoning. So, because there was a massive campaign for Manchester City, I believe, to basically bail out Bury Football Club when we went under. But it isn't their responsibility. They've already helped out my club in the past with the, the training ground, for example. It isn't their responsibility to expose, to to bail out the failings of the way that football is funded. Do I think that they should have an awful lot less money? Yes. Do I think that the way the the system needs to be completely and utterly fundamentally changed? And asking Premier League players and making Premier League players responsible for trying to paper over the cracks of a system that is irrevocably broken... I think it just distracts from the actual changes that we need to make. I agree with those points, but this is obvious to do with just the area it is and the flooding, and it isn't just an emergency. Someone surely can step up. Yeah, um, I think I'd be very, very grateful. I don't think it's a problem with the system necessarily. It's just a problem with keeping football in a community. Yeah, I think it can be both. And I absolutely agree. Um, and to be clear, if City would have said it's ten million quid, I wouldn't have turned it down. Hey, they gave us three uh, goalposts. Yeah. the other season, that yeah. was their their bit of work. But thank you for that, Manchester City. And um, we see a lot conceded in those goals. <laughs> but they shouldn't have to do that. It shouldn't be. I don't. No, they shouldn't have to. But you'd hope that someone might feel it within them to oh, see yeah. a club even in the seventh division and go, you know what, they need some help. It's not too much money that I have that i need why don't i just give them that and they'll be set oh yeah absolutely you'd like to hope that someone would do that but i don't think we should expect that to happen
1: maybe if it was someone like the chief of the fa maybe he or she could donate that sort of money but i don't think we should as you say we shouldn't expect professional footballers to to do it because for them it it's just a job, isn't it? Really, at the end of the day. And...
0: No, but the thing is, they don't need to come out and do it publicly or anything. They just do it privately. Yeah. Or get a few of them together. Yeah. I think it'd be wonderful if they did. It's just that it seems to always be because no, but uh, in, this is. Uh, I'm saying this in failings of the system. Yeah. Until they fix the system, this realistically is the only way that lower league no. clubs in emergencies are going Absolutely. to survive. Absolutely, and I don't screw with that. And I think if someone probably, if someone could, it'd be fantastic. It's just that again, the reaction that we always have when a low league club is in trouble is let's blame the players and their wages. No, that's not. Th- mm. It is. I we we it. go. We go. Why doesn't Raheem Sterling donate? It always grand? comes to a head yeah. of going. Well, the top clubs earn too much. But my other argument in that would be they've sort of earned the right to earn that much, not earn that much, but earn more because they're in the top divisions. They've earned the right to be in those top divisions. But how Which much I, I feel of is contradictory to what uh, I have how just said. How much of player development would the Premier League exist without the Football League? It wouldn't. Would the Football League exist without the Non League? No. So, therefore, maybe. No, it wouldn't. I'm changing my mind. No, it wouldn't. Do I get a 50-50? Yeah, a 50-50. I well, think you're wrong, but yeah. No. I think the the entire is the point of the football pyramid is that every single member of the football pyramid relies on the divisions above it and below it to sustain itself. And when you are in the ridiculous scenario where you have the top clubs spending billions of pounds on transfers in the space of a year and clubs like Tagcaster going out of business over £40,000, I mean, it it, it just seems baffling to me because if you lose, let's say you lose Tagcaster, let's say you lose Trafford, let's say you lose... There There was a team in, I can't remember where, but it was near Lincoln and I'm just saying this so it'll try and jog your memory to which team who went bust, and they were a very old team, and they went bust over a lesser amount of money, and I can't remember exactly yeah. who it is, and that's annoying me. Yeah, and I know exactly... So there know, is precedent. Yeah, and I know exactly who you mean. And... Who is it then? Because <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> Didn't Jeff Stoen step in to save someone not Hartlepool, so long ago? Hartlepool, wasn't it? A ha- yeah. Uh, Was it he gave, I think he gave he's money a a Hall- to yeah. Hartlepool, yeah, yeah. Hartlepool fan. When Hartlepool were in trouble. Yeah, okay. he did. And it's just... I just find it baffling because, again, if you actually look through the the, the papers on this, it is all about how, oh, yeah, you know, maybe some of the Premier League footballers should donate some of the wages. But that doesn't solve... The, it fixes the immediate issue. I'm very, very grateful if they did. But it doesn't solve the long-term problem that means, well, this will continue to happen. Because this will continue to happen. And at some point, either the press becomes not interested or Premier League footballers quite rightly go, I am not a charity case i'm not i am not a charity i do not need to do this so the only way that we stop this from happening for good is that we actually fix the system it's long overdue i had hoped that my club going bust over rogue ownership would shine a light on the issues surrounding football governance and surrounding football finance it hasn't happened so we what what else do we need to do to make sure that these people understand what this means I think it's a good final point to end on because I think we better move on because yeah. we're weirdly delving into the realms of being a serious football podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but which, if you, if, whoa, that'd be a yeah. wondrous, wouldn't it? Yeah, if you do want to help Tagcaster get back on their feet again, I'm going to include the link to their just giving in the show notes below it'll be on Twitter on Facebook and maybe even on Instagram if we can be bothered to get that going yeah exactly so we wish TagCastro all the best as yes, they we recover and we do despite that previous discussion really help if some Premier League football is listening give them a few quid yeah Billy Sharp <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, there's just one more thing we want to talk about in sort of stories we've seen this week and that would be a certain managerial resignation in League 2 do you know who I'm on about? It's your favourite league two manager. Oh, Well, I don't know. There's a few that I admire. Graham Wesley? Oh, yes. I think, before we get into this news, I want you to share your Graham Wesley um, history. Well, oh, no, because that'll take... That was seven podcasts worth. <laughs> okay. we'll, we'll say them when they come and go. But the, f- the fact is that Graham Wesley was manager of Stevenage. He had been appointed in December for a fourth spell. He had got them promotion about 10 years ago up to League One. I think he got them out of non-league, didn't he? He got them into the league in the first place. So the Stevenage fans are obviously going to give him a chance. But two months later, after taking charge of Stevenage with the team at the bottom of the Football League and only one. Re- uh, relegation place we'd like to point out because of Barry's expelation that's not a that's word, that word. <laughs> expulsion expulsion there you go from the football league uh there's only one relegation place in league two so he joined with stevenage in 24th and he's left them two months later with stevenage in 24th and how does that make you feel dan it makes me think that he didn't really know how to save stevenage Because great insight once more but the thing is, last time he had a team in the relegation places in League 2 when he was in charge of Newport he took charge of them while they were near the bottom uh, got sacked while they were in the bottom and then felt the need to write an article in the Football League paper saying how he'd improved Newport County's points per game ratio and how that was to be looked on as a success they were still in the same position, they were still bottom he hadn't improved them enough had he What's the point of bringing that up? I mean, I have absolutely nothing more to add on uh Graham Wesley game.
1: I'm just looking forward to the Graham Wesley special where Dan talks about it for an hour.
0: Oh, we can have that We're- Oh, please. <laughs> oh, God, I'll get sued on that. Well, just just say allegedly. They, allegedly is the magic word. Should we just start it off with allegedly and I can say anything? <laughs> yeah, so allegedly, these are the things I've heard about Graham Wesley. <laughs> oh, dear. Speaking of people that lots of World League Football Club fans do not like. I think it is time... This is a strong statement you're about to make. I think it's time to uh, bring back uh, one of our recurring segments. It's Trevor Kettlewatch! At what point is this become bullying? Quite soon, I think. Yeah. No, but we've got positive things to say about him this week. Do we? Oh, he hasn't done anything that stupid. No, I think... The only thing that we saw was the um, Southend United tweet. Yeah, let's try not to get their media person in trouble, but go yeah, on. that reads 18 minutes. From a Jill's corner, Manton plays a great ball over the top for Keeman to chase. Jamie can't read, <laughs> is the moral of the story there. Go on, finish I'll, the I'll, rest I'll, of gilf, the tweet. A Agilvy A there yeah. we go. Oh, we've already learnt from when he tried to pronounce Adrian Mariapa that Jamie doesn't know how to pronounce footballers' yeah. names. A pulls the striker back, but Trevor Kettle awards a free kick and doesn't book the defender. The free kick comes in, but he's headed clear.
1: Just a bit of a sort of It's clever wording, wording isn't it? Yeah. yeah.
0: But well, if if that's the only thing we have to talk about Trevor Kettle this week, he can't have been that bad. He must have been alright.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, from looking through the uh, from the tweets about Trevor Kettle, which is how, how I found that one from Southend United, there were some few stronger worded ones. Let's say from from Southend fans and. and Do you want to say any that all donate money to the swear jar? We have uh, no. I think it was okay. even too strong for the swear jar, so um, I'll, I'll keep quiet on those ones. But. Yeah, it seems as if he didn't do anything too outrageous this week, but I'm sure next week there'll be. Who, who's he? Who's to talk he refereeing about.
0: next week, Joe? Jimmy?
1: Uh, it's uh, Crew alexandra versus Macclesfield Town, which is a bit of a. Oh, that has implications at both ends of the table. It does, yeah, because Macclesfield are still in sort of danger of finishing in, in that bottom one spot, and Crew obviously looking to to win promotion back to League One. So, yeah, it's a strangely important match for him to be taking charge of. Should we give a rating to Trevor Kettle each week? What rating would you give him this? Well, seeing as, as though he's not done anything out of crazy 10.
0: stupid, I'm going to give him a 10 out of 10.
1: We'll give him a 10 out of 10? Yeah.
0: That's a high standard to set. 10 out of 10? We can't give Trevor Kettle a 10 out, 10 out of 10. Oh, okay. With that sound effect, of course we can give Trevor, Ke- Travel Kettle, Trevor Kettle a 10 out of 10. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> and so Trevor Kettleisms aside, what time is it, Dan? It's quiz time. You're goddamn right it is. I'm going to have to put up different voices for each of these segments uh, we as can... we go on I'll I'll get throughout you some the week. I'll get you some vocal training. I need it. So I think I'm doing the quiz this week. Oh, yes, you are. So you can't win. I can't win. But well, you know, I God. can't lose either. So I bet I
1: can still lose. We will see. You'll still be top of the leaderboard, Jamie, because it's still 2-0-0 after two-nil-nil. the first two quizzes. So Perfect.
0: You're, you're, up a, uh, you're quizzing a person who writes about football for a living and a person who... Wants to, to write, write about, about football for, for a living. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. So we'll see. Okay, well, I've tried to give give you a mix here. You know, we're delving a bit back into history sometimes. Is it Coronation Street history? There's no Coronation Aww, Street history. Oh, That's my speciality. I'm sorry. Okay, so we're going to start with question one. And because I'm doing the quiz, it has to be a question related to the Berry Football Club to start us off. Go on. I'd expect nothing less. So on Valentine's Day 1998, I thought I'd stick to a theme. Paul Butler scored the winning goal for Bury to beat Manchester City in the league 1-0 at Main Road, and a day that has gone down in folklore for all Bury fans. It's also a day that many pundits view as Manchester City's lowest point, with City three points behind their relegation rivals Bury going into the game. Caught up in emotion, what did one City fan do after the game to the applause of thousands in the kipax? Did he take the big flag from the kipax and throw it onto the pitch? Did he run onto the pitch and tear up his own season ticket? Did he stop Frank Clark from heading down the tunnel and gave him a piece of his mind? And did he ask a, a player for his autograph only to tear it up in front of him? I'm sorry, how many options are we giving us? Four. four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could have counted to four, let's be honest, but I thought the precedent was three. You've made I've this given harder. You four for everything. I know what I'm going to say, but go on.
1: Go you on, let
0: me. I don't know what I'm going to say. I'm did only going to say it because I know nothing about this, but I think it's the first one. Take the flag from the Kipax and throw it onto the pitch. Yes. Okay. I have
1: absolutely no idea. Um, you say it was to the applause of, of the Manchester City fans. It was applause to the Kipax, yeah, the yeah, The old City. Right. Um,
0: oh, no, so I'll that makes me it. think
1: that he did something outrageous. Um, I don't think he would have stopped the manager in the tunnel because that seems...
0: Watching Manchester City is quite outrageous, to be honest.
1: Yeah, especially if you've only been supporting them for like 10 years which is a uh, lot of them. Yes. Um, I think I'm going to go with... I don't think he'd rip up his season. Or oh, maybe he would rip up his season ticket. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to go for that. I think he's run uh, he's on the pitch.
0: See, I'm regretting. I would have changed that if he didn't say, but I'm going to stay with the flag.
1: Yeah, season ticket.
0: And I'm, I know I'm going to regret it. And I know I'm going to regret it more because I saw this on Twitter. I saw about the game and didn't read anything more into it. Why can I not be a proper journalist? So... Firstly, Dan, this is your punishment for not taking my tweets seriously. Jimmy is right. Oh, yeah. the I knew because I, I saw you shared it on Twitter. Yeah. So what I think is actually quite nice, book, nice bookended about this is that this is seriously considered one of City's lowest points. And it took place on the same day that the FFP ruling happened and the same day that Bury FC's CVA defaulted. A lot of love is shown to football clubs on Valentine's, on Valentine's Day, Day, isn't it? So, but what? There was a, a grain of truth in stopping Frank Clark from heading down the tunnel because a few days afterwards, 3,000 city supporters besieged him at the gates of Main Road and told him to stand down. Did he? He did. Well, there we go. Fans, and, you can have an effect on your football club. And there we go. Does anyone know who replaced uh, Frank Clark at Manchester City? Ooh, 1998. 98. Yeah. Oh. I don't. On Colin my... Bell, no. It was Joe Royal. So, oh. uh, and Joe Royal couldn't stop them from being relegated to League One, but did lead the fight back that led to them being fined thirty million euro by FFP. So happy days. Yeah, so lot, are, we, are we? Are we are, yeah, are we blaming Joe Royal for <laughs> Manchester City's th- uh, bam from the Champions League? It makes <laughs> far as much sense as blaming Boney So you know. Yeah, fair enough. All, All right. On, next question. So where... Jimmy, Jimmy's one 0 up. Why is this keep happening? Surely at some point I'm going to take a lead in one of these quizzes. So, second question. Which current football league club has played at the most grounds that they call their home during their history? Okay. Okay. Queen's Park Rangers, Fulham, AFC Wimbledon or Oxford United? Right, so well, this is the number of grounds that they've played at, played home fixtures at for a prolonged period that would be their home ground. Right. I think Wimbledon have only played at one. AFC. AFC, sorry. AFC Wimbledon. Well, they Wimbledon get FC. A, they're getting a new ground, aren't they? They are getting a new one, but they've played at Kings Meadow the whole time, haven't they? I believe so. I believe so. Alongside Chelsea ladies' side. Depends if you include Wimbledon FC as AFC Wimbledon. We'll not get into that. <laughs> <laughs> but I think... That so, yeah, let's I'll hear get, some reasoning from you. Yeah, Jimmy. let's get Jimmy to go first. Um, please. Well, Fulham's
1: Craven Cottage, isn't it? It's quite a old ground, um, so they've been there for quite a while. Uh, QPR again, Loftus Road, another place that I haven't been to. I'm actually going there in a month or so. Um, yeah, it could be them and uh, Oxford United, the Cassam, I believe it's called. Mm hmm, it is again. I mean, I'm, I'm just sort of. Spitballing here, I have absolutely no idea.
0: Um, You're going first, though, this time.
1: I'm going first. I'm like, well, uh, I think that I'm going to go with Wimbledon because I feel like it's the sort of statistic that would pop up when a club is getting a new ground.
0: Right. I don't think it's Wimbledon. The issue is, I think it's Oxford, but I think he may also have put Oxford in there to throw me off. Okay. And it could be QPR, but I'm going Oxford So, you're both wrong. Ah, brilliant. So, let me guess, it's QPR. It is QPR. Oh, what a shock. (laughs) The clue is in the name Queen's Park Rangers. Oh, God. I mean, it would have been more of a clue if you'd put someone like Wanderers. I was tempted. Yeah, Um, that would have been a real herring. Oxford were formed in 1893, but didn't find somewhere to play football properly until 1913. So, they've played at eight different home grounds during their history. I knew it wouldn't be one. Fulham have played at 12. Wow um we can't oh. i know where all these are coming are these from like in the war when some of the grounds have been bombed actually and, normally uh, pre-war because um, the vast majority yeah, of these yeah. are all very very old clubs um so qpr have only played at two grounds since 1920 but played at 12 before their acceptance into the football league right so i love how you boss. said this question was easy queens park rangers would be the giveaway <laughs> yeah well none of us cl- caught on to that did we yeah. no so still one nail to jimmy oh brill so question number three so we all talk a lot about journeyman strikers oh we do we do we see a lot of them and we see a lot of them we see a lot of them in lower league football mm-hmm. but there's a few players who've made a name for themselves playing for club after club at the upper echelons of the game which of the following players has played for the most premier league clubs Oh, God. Uh, so a quick couple of rules. Um, the player must have played at least one Premier League game for the club whilst in the Premier League. And appearances before 1992 in the old top flight don't count. Okay. So, and you get a bonus point if you can tell me how many clubs that they played for. Oh, this will give... Right. Here we, here we go. So we have Jermaine Pennant, Nicholas Anelka. I wish I had a pen and paper to write down some <laughs> oh, stuff here. Yeah. Yeah. Nicholas Anelka. You can go there, we'll get one if you want. Marcus Bent or Craig Bellamy? Right, right. That is, that is, that is, that is tough. Uh, it, is, it is tough. And I don't know why you would throw Marcus Bent in there if it wasn't the answer. That was my thinking also. Because Marcus Bent is such a stupid one to... Who were the others? Craig Bellamy. Craig Bellamy, Nicholas Anelka and Jermaine Pennant. Right. I'm going to... Right, so Anelka's played Chelsea, Arsenal, Bolton, West Brom... Yeah. Is that the four? Has Um, he played for anyone else?
1: I can't think of another one. Pennant's played for Liverpool, Stoke.
0: Uh, Let's work it out together. I genuinely think we need a bit of camaraderie on this question. I can't. And then we can make our own decisions. Can you think of any other for Pennant? He probably has done. Or did he play for
1: Chelsea as well? Or am I making that up?
0: No, I think you have made that up. Okay. Uh, Bellamy's
1: played for quite a few Liverpool, City, Cardiff,
0: Newcastle. Newcastle. Le- it could be, it Leeds. Could, oh, it could be Bellamy, you know. Could be Bellamy. Marcus Spence played for Charlton. Yeah. Birmingham, I want to say. I'm not oh I'm not too sure on it. Oh, neither am I. Well, I'm starting to think it might be Bellamy. I think it might
1: be Bellamy. <laughs> Which one do you want to go for then? Are we going to go for the same one or are we going to go for different ones? I'll let you go for the same one.
0: Craig Bellamy. Craig Bellamy.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna change my to go for Marcus Bent.
0: Oh no. It's going to be Bellamy now, isn't it? Well, I can tell you the answer isn't Jermaine Pennant right. or Nicholas Anelka. Oh, but the thing is, right, before you say the answer, yeah. I did try to throw him off because I thought it might be Pennant because Pennant also played for Arsenal. He did. I just didn't want to tell him that. Oh, yeah, just... <laughs> he. The answer is Marcus Pennant. Oh, So the reasoning I gave at the start about the fact you wouldn't include him unless he was the answer was correct, and I threw myself off. There are bonus points at stake here, though. How many clubs did Marcus Bent play for? Right. So if we've worked out, Bellamy played for five, five at least. It yeah, Bellamy more played long. for seven. Actually. Right. So you played for West Ham as well. So that's one of them. We I was about cards.
1: to say seven. So I'm glad that you told me that. Ah,
0: right. Up. I'm getting my answer in first eight. Eight.
1: Nine.
0: Nine, eight. Oh, so, I'm not, so, I'm, so I'm no, for, one yeah, so I'm no further behind. I'm happy. So Jermaine Pennant played for six clubs. He played for Arsenal, Leeds, Birmingham, Liverpool, Portsmouth and Stoke. Oh, of course. Portsmouth. I knew he'd played for Arsenal. That's why I, I, I kept him back though. And Elke also played for six clubs. Arsenal, Chelsea, City, Liverpool, Bolton and oh, West Brom. Oh, he did play for City. I completely yeah. forgot about that. Craig Bellamy played for seven. So he played for Coventry when they were in the top oh. five. Newcastle, Blackburn, Liverpool, West Ham, Manchester City and Cardiff. And Marcus Bent played for Crystal Palace, Blackburn, Ipswich and Leicester, Everton, Charlton, Wigan and Wolves. How? How did he play for that many? I don't know. He probably wasn't very good. Yeah, but how did he keep getting a job at different premier league clubs how did he not like sort of like fall no through the divisions got, no, no one ever got Is he got the same again? agent as Jack Rodwell he may well do he may well do so so it's 2-1 after 3 it's two is it 2-1 is this after three? 3 it's not a high scoring affair no it's not but i'm just i so want to win i really want to win so question 4 what was the reason for bolton wanderers original nickname can you tell us their original nickname? No. Well, this is going to be easy then, isn't it? Was it the Wanderers, because they played without the ground? Was it the Spots, because they played in white with red spots? Was it the Hot Pots, because of the Lancashire Heritage? Or was it the Trotters, because their ground was next to a pigsty? So, I feel like I have a sense of, I need to get these questions right, because I do a lot of work with the history of football, and have done for quite a bit. I have interest, in the, interest uh, in the history of football. I read books about it. I've read books about all Lancashire's football clubs. Uh, starters. You mean you set yourself up to fail here? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I honestly don't know what on earth the answer is. Do you want to, Jimmy, do you want to talk me through your reasoning? Well,
1: when you said Bolton Wanderer's nickname, I don't know whether it's still their nickname, and that's why I know it, but my original thought was the Trotters. Um, now, your Del, reasoning...
0: Delboy Del and Robney.
1: Your reasoning behind that answer of being situated next to a pigsty makes me think that that might not be the answer. But it was my original thought before you even gave us the choices, so I think I'm going to go with the trotters.
0: Right. So we had the Wanderers, the Spots, and the Hot Pots. The Wanderers, yeah. the Spots, the Trotters, and the Hot Pots. I think you... Oh. <laughs> you're so hard to read I think I don't think the Hot Pots is real
1: it would be great if it it's was it's a great band it, <laughs> it, it,
0: there is a band called the Lancashire Hot Pots don't listen to them if you are <laughs> scared of a bit of bad language but there is a band called Lancashire Hot Pots Spots it is the Spots wow did you know that Are you I had a feeling it was. I didn't know it for certain, but I had a feeling. Yeah. Um, so they played with white with red spots up until, well, in 1884. And then people started calling them the spots because why not? My integrity not? as a historian has been kept intact. So, so it's 2 2. And there is an urban legend that the reason they were called the Trotters was either because it's a variation on Wanderers. Or they they were the original creators of Only Fools and Horses. Or that one of the grounds that they used before the club settled at Pike's Lane resided next to a piggery. So the players had to go through the pig pens to receive the ball who went over the fence. So basically Jimmy's sort of was half true, because he went for one that might be true. Well, the wanderers so so this is the thing, the wanderers, the spots and the trotters were all nicknames of Bolton Wanderers, and those were the reasons they were called that. So can I have a half point? No, no, No. we can't. (laughs) To all. Final question at two all final question at two all everything to play for. Millwall fans have a reputation for being the hard men of the football league, with opposition clubs fearing their trips down to the Den. But which club had the dubious honour of having the most football banning orders issued to their fans during the 2018-19 season? And this is a stat I will have seen. That is the issue, because I'd look at these. Was it Millwall, Newcastle United, Sheffield United or Grimsby Town? Why is he throwing Grimsby in there? <laughs> yeah.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> he did it with Marcus Benn. Yeah, but maybe he knows that he did it with Marcus Benn and that's why he threw Grimsby in there. Grimsby, I don't know. They're just they all fishermen in Grimsby, aren't they? They seem like they're too pleasant to, to be getting banning orders. It's a very derelict place.
0: And they don't even play in Grimsby. are playing cleetha I don't know where that is, but I'll take your word for it. It's next to Grimsby. It has some fantastic fish and chip shops. It does. I went there last season. I think all it has is fish and chips. So everything that I went past otherwise, was your derelicts, But, yeah, I have no real reasoning for any of those because I had Luton in my head before yeah, it Yeah, I came had Luton in my It <laughs> says a lot about Luton. Yeah. But, oh. So this, wait, this was the 2018-19. 2018-19. So, yeah, the most recent full season. Did I don't Grim- know. Did Grimsby have any local derbies where things could have kicked off? Uh, Is it Swindon? Or is that nowhere Swindon. near? It? Swindon. <laughs> Swindon's in Gloucestershire. <laughs> I swear they have a. I Swindon's know. like almost the opposite side of the country. Colchester? No, that's that's very. Far, that's in Essex. I don't know where. Either. What we've just learned is Jimmy does not have a great <laughs> grasp of geography. <laughs> of where Grimsby is. I don't know where Grimsby is. I've never been. It's the North East. All oh, right.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Where
0: did you think it was? I don't
1: know, to be honest. I have been.
0: I've been a couple of times.
1: I don't know why you'd throw Millwall in there when you mention them in the question. It's not Millwall.
0: I'm telling you that now, it's not Millwall.
1: Part of me thinks that it could be Sheffield United because they got promoted and they probably just, you know, it was such a rogue promotion they were probably quite drunk a lot of the time.
0: Right, well I'm going to throw the gauntlet out there now and I'm going to go Newcastle.
1: Alright. That would make sense because the more fans you have, the more... Likely going to have fans that get would, banning orders. It would, it would, And Grimsby probably aren't particularly well supported, and I feel like that's just a rogue one.
0: Newcastle's ground is a lot bigger than Grimsby's. I can tell you that.
1: Is it? Yeah. Is this when you went on your
0: trip to St James's Park to get the interview? I've been, the thing is, I have been to St James's Park. I've not watched a match there. Oh, yeah, I have this been, season. Been there. What, watched in. a match? Oh yeah, yeah Rochdale. Yeah. I, I watched England. Back when they had um, started deconstructing the old Wembley, but before they built the new Wembley. Uh, so, well, I'm going to have to go then, aren't I, in the near future, yeah. so we can have proper discussions about St. James's Park? Exactly. But, go so, on, Jimmy. Jimmy, I'm going to need to press you for an answer here. Oh, I don't want to be a cop-out and go for Newcastle, but that's kind of what no, I think No, oh, is. come on, no. No, please yeah, don't. you know, you're right. I'm, I think that he
1: should go for whatever he so wishes. Okay. I'm going to go for Sheffield United.
0: So, what I can tell you... I really hope it's Grimsby. ...is that we're both wrong and it's Grimsby. It ...is that Millwall do not feature on the table of the top five yeah, I knew it. I knew it wasn't. Banning world. orders. West Ham and Sheffield are both in joint fourth place. So, Wait, sorry, so Jimmy Sheffield United. Sheffield United. So, Jimmy okay. can't win at this point. On 54 banning orders in force during the last season. That's not it. 54 is only fourth. Grimsby genuinely could be top here. Birmingham are in third. So the, are, the, are the top two Grimsby and Newcastle? They are. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Birmingham at City are in third on 57. It's going to be Grimsby. He wouldn't have put them in there if it wasn't. Newcastle United mm. A top with 71. <gasps> I've won a quiz. I've won a quiz. So, Dan, thanks to bonus points and Jimmy point out to be a gentleman. Has oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> won the quiz. Oh, you can't! I can't believe how happy I am. How does it feel? It feels good that the only person yet who hasn't won a quiz out of us three is the is the person who professionally writes about football for a living. To be fair, I did say that I thought it was Newcastle, and it? Oh, that's all I'm going to say. You know. Yeah, and we'll just ignore my um, Mac deciding that he wants to get in on the party. He's celebrating my it win. Celebrate for your win, for ding! Oh. That's a great weight off my shoulders. How does it make you feel, Dan? Like a winner. Like a winner. Like a winner. I am only e second in the table, so I think I'm still undefeated on my two quizzes. Just quiz. wait until next week. Just wait until next week. Oh, When it I is will. me versus you, and oh, it is a chance for me to draw to level. Head to head to head to head that is, so if I win, level. I could. We could both be on two, and Jim, <laughs> Jimmy could would be I, on zero. I can't believe I'm going be, to be on zero after
1: four weeks of doing this.
0: Yeah.
1: I pride myself on on football quizzes, but.
0: As do I. I've only won one. I think ours are slightly esoteric, to be fair. Yeah.
1: Maybe I'll just make next week's quiz so impossible that you both get zero points.
0: I'll still somehow get five. Don't worry about that.
1: Yeah, I suppose with multiple choice, there's always a chance.
0: Exactly. All right. Well, I think we now need to move on to Dan. And you have a story. I do. That you but, would like to tell I us. Would, but I would like to ask you which story you would like to hear. Would it be another one from when I was under the age of 10? Or when I was trying to impress a girl? I think it has to be the latter. So, let's delve once more into our recurring segment. Where'd it all go wrong? So, as you know, at our school, we used to play football quite a lot at lunchtimes. And I I sometimes played football with you two. Not too much, I don't think, until 6-4. Yeah, that's true, that's true. But... Uh, we'd play a game called Knockout, or Wembley, for some people. And uh, I'd organised to meet up with a girl that lunchtime, and she'd come up to the AstroTurf and meet me up there. So I saw her waiting at the gates, and so did all of my friends, as well, while we were playing. And they went to me, try very discreetly, went, oi, let's make you look good. Let's make you look good, and you can score, and you can impress her. And I'm not kidding. I was trying my best to score a goal, with them falling over in front of me, making it look like I could score, and honestly it went on for 10 minutes of this, while she was waiting for me at the gates, and I did not score a goal, <laughs> I, was, I was trying to dribble past people who were standing there, falling on the floor in front of me, the goalkeeper not moving to either side of the goal, and this went on for quite a while and I didn't score a goal. I walked off, and she didn't say a word about my performance. I think, deep down in my heart, that was when I realised I wouldn't be a professional footballer. Thank you for sharing your truth. Luckily, she won't listen to this, so this is fine. You hope. (laughs) I know she won't. (laughs) I think that's something that touched me on a emotional level dan i feel your pain i think everyone listening to this podcast feels your pain we've all been there we're here for you well i'm looking forward to hearing your two stories about trying to impress people it's a strong assumption there that you've <laughs> just made
1: i don't know you mean trying to impress yeah I trying you mean fully impressed. fully
0: impressing okay excellent well I think that's just about all we've got time for. It is. Thank you yet again for listening. If you are someone who has listened through from our first podcast to now our third. What's wrong with you? Yeah, what's wrong with you? Sorry (laughs) about that. But thank you for your support. It means a lot. If you just keep listening, we'll we'll hope to make this go from one level to a higher level each week. And the rewards will show soon. Spoken truly like Jose Mourinho there. I'm, 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 I am injured. He is injured. Yeah, I did my hamstring. Oh, mate, I'm sorry. Jimmy doesn't believe me, but I did. Well, things that we don't believe is this podcast is now coming to a close. Thank you so much for listening. Um, we are on all the usual socials in all the usual places, all of them. Yep. And we will see you next week. See ya. Thank you for listening. all right, yeah. folks. See ya.